love you. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes! We have a very uh, lovely and very exciting uh, and very niche genre smackdown for uh-huh. you today. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. <clears throat> We're here with some uh, prison dramas, I think. Yeah. We can yeah, say. I guess. Yeah. Holes isn't really much of a drama, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah yeah i guess it's pretty uh comical um but some i guess comedy drama sure pretty dramatic things happen yeah uh also some tragedy (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) and uh this is great faces uh, on the couch redemption <laughs> oh. This is Green okay, Faces on the Couch, a podcast about movies and TV. Sorry, you're okay. Yeah, I was I was saying uh, that it's it's also in holes. There's also a lot of Shawshank Redemption ripoffing, which is kind of hilarious. Yes. I didn't notice that until I watched both of these films back to back. It was like, huh? Basically, every plot the same beat movie. is almost yeah, yeah. Every plot beat is almost verbatim, you know, about the same. Yeah. And like I didn't I didn't even like I was just kind of like, yeah, they have a lot of similarities. And then the bus shows up with that twitchy kid uh and holes, and I was like, Oh <laughs> that's the kid from uh or that's yeah. the, the one kid that uh you know what Johnny his name, Tim Robbins teaches in Shawshank. Is. Uh I'm just gonna yeah. pretend it's Johnny. Um I think it is Johnny. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy it's Tommy. Yeah, it's Tommy. Tommy Williams. Tommy. Close enough. Come on. Standard greaser name. Before we, uh, yeah, insert greaser name here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) slick back your hair and roll up your prison sleeves and (laughs) hide your cigarettes. Throw on a bit of Elvis lip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Before we we talk the prison break films, though, I uh, I went to the theater a couple more times. And uh, I would like to talk about it. Uh, actually, I say a couple more times. I watched one on, uh, it was on something, uh, Peacock uh, maybe? I can't remember. Uh, oh, the Firestarter, fi- yeah, the most yep. recent. Yeah, okay. It's the most recent Stephen King adaptation uh, starring Zac Efron and some little girl as, as his daughter. Uh, Firestarter is the story of a uh, father who's trying to protect his daughter from the government. Because back in his college days, he was part of some secret, uh, you know, medicinal tests. They're testing a new, like, new drug, that kind of stuff. And the drug gave him and his uh, soon-to-be wife, who they met at these tests, uh, fancy little mind powers. Then they had a kid. And that kid's mind powers was fucking flames. Pyrokinesis, baby. In fact, I, I I believe I mean I could be completely wrong, but it, it might be a myth. But I believe uh, Stephen King is known for uh, coining the phrase pyrokinesis. I at the very least was told that by uh, <clears throat> my creative writing teachers. Oh, okay. And, and <laughs> so I spread out a lot of fake information, but if a teacher is throwing it uh, around, I feel good it, about it. You know that does not mean they did not pull up the credit. On that, but but I, I I'm fair. pretty I sure that now, that, but I don't want to ruin that hit that Firestarter is the first 
literary reference to pyrokinesis as a word. <clears throat> right. The the book itself is interesting. I, I remember enjoying it. I'm slowly rereading through uh, Stephen King in a completely different light. And, you know, he's he's always been one of my favorite storytellers. Uh, but as I read more and more, the more I'm just like, oof, yeah, you don't you don't really get female characters that well, do you? But and that's fine. You know that you don't yeah. have to be like the greatest uh, interpretation of characters. It's his ability to tell a story that is fascinating. He tells a really good story, and this adaptation does not. It's it, so bad. It is it, almost. It is complete joke. I just want to jump off of what you said about Stephen King. That it's not just yeah. that he's such a good storyteller. It's that it's just the near, the pure volume. Uh, of different oh, yeah. and the spectrum of stories that he's told mostly obviously horror yeah. but right he's got a very vivid imagination yeah. he's got that that old uh not to call him old but like ever since his youth even he has had that that old man storyteller vibe right where, you know like you go to your grandpa who's just sitting in a rocking chair and he just tells you a long-winded story and it's yeah. like it, it it has that charm to it, and then you add all the horror elements, all the focus of of many characters. Like he does build a lot of in depth characters. It's just a lot of his female characters are very stereotyped or you know one dimensional yeah, or two dimensional. Right? He's just not sure what to do with them. Uh, I think he's just afraid to really go into he's the, had a few. the the yeah. I, I I guess I'm not as well read as you on it but it seems to me that he he might be a little afraid to really dive into that female perspective and i think that that might also be his the trap of it is that that right that just write them as a person like just write them like everybody else and you'll do just fine (laughs) yeah literally the easiest uh the the easiest thing i've been told is just write somebody without thinking about what gender they are and then when you when you edit it you can change their gender how you want that's that's been like the easiest thing for me is literally i just just write them like i don't even think about who they are as a as a gender unless it's important to their story right right and i can just change it as needed when i come back and edit it of course, but uh, that 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 adaptation, the Zac Efron adaptation, uh, I ha- I was laughing the whole fucking time. Some really bad effects. Uh, let me pull up this up real quick. It, it seems rude to just like keep shitting on it and then immediately be like directed by Keith <laughs> Keith Thomas, but it's directed by Keith Thomas <laughs> with a screenplay by Scott Teams. Now Scott Teams is the uh, I think he did the last Halloween, the Halloween Kills um, film. I guess I could just look that up too. Yes, Halloween Kills. He didn't. It, it does not look like he wrote the other one. Yeah, Halloween Kills. I wasn't a big fan of it. It was a. No. It was interesting, but it was yeah. It had no. a lot of stupidity, and I, this one I had a lot was of stupidity not too. Even interested. I like. Okay, yeah. I was really looking forward after like the first couple scenes where they're like bringing back all these old characters. I was like, oh, that's cool, and then it was not. Good. Yeah, it just wasn't. And then it's just like, bleh. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's Firestarter. It's 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 awful. I do not recommend going out of your way to watch it on Peacock. Uh, Zach Efron, you might need to have a call a conversation with your agent because oof, he's mad. He's mad. I'm just like not Zach Efron. Zach Efron tries, okay. like, th- but this movie doesn't have a lot for him to do. That's that's the whole thing. Is like the actors try, 
but there's not a lot for them to do. Mm-hmm. There's no guidance. There's no, there's no, it just felt like the whole, like, we have this title, we need to remake a, a movie or something. Like, hopefully somebody will pay us money. But then they just dump it on Peacock and they're like, well, oops. So don't do it. Uh, the other movie I wanted to talk about, let me pull it up here real quick. This is the last one. There we go. Got it up. It is called Men. And I Men. went to the theater for this one. Okay. Men. I'm going to expect Men. that you don't light it up as hard as you did for Firestarter. <laughs> no, I will not. But I will caution. I will do a lot of cautioning before. I do recommend it. But I recommend it for a very specific type of person. But it is the latest <laughs> A24 film. You've heard the Faceless Leon and I talk on and yeah. on about A24. We love them. Very good independent uh, filmmaking company. And it's directed by Alex Garland. Alex Garland did the, uh, what's that name? Uh, Natalie Portman. Annihilation. You remember Annihilation? Yeah, that was interesting. That, uh, with, the, with, the cra- with the creepy bear. Yeah. And I think he did Ex Machina too. Yes, Ex Machina, Annihilation. Oh, this is only his third film. It's, you know, he has a very interesting mind. He has a very, <clears throat> very interesting look at horror. And I've always enjoyed it. It's always been very interesting and very, uh, very fascinating. I mean, and it stars Jesse Buckley, who is a woman whose husband commits suicide after she threatens to divorce him. And it's his, it's his like, you know, you know, my death will always be on your hands kind of thing. And with that, all that mental trauma going on after such a situation, she rents out a uh, a cottage out in like the English village side, you know, like far out out of where she's at. Is very nice looking village area, a lot of walking space, and she you know she rents it out and she goes there to try to like come to terms with everything that's happened. But while she's out there, she starts getting stalked by someone or something, uh, played by Rory Kinnear. He is the pig fucking mayor in uh, Black Mirror, <laughs> Every as time well you say as it, it's, the- it's so fast that I <laughs> pig fucking <laughs> mayor, pig fucking mayor. mayor. Yes, yeah, if the it- pig fucking mayor in Black Mirror, as well as uh, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster in what is that? I always forget the Penny name of Dreadful. that show. Penny Dreadful. Yeah, great actor, absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. actor. Uh, crazy good in this because he plays so many different roles because when she goes there like every male in this little village is played by Rory Kinnear Mm. but the makeup is so good that you don't really notice it like yes if you were looking at it you're like yep that's the same guy but like a lot of it you're just kind of like hmm they look a little similar that's about it but then you know she goes on a walk and she wakes up something or someone again naked Rory Kinnear and it it just starts stalking her. And that is this that is this movie is her, you know, trying to be out in this English area, but being stalked by all these men. And as well as the traumatizing past of yeah. her uh her dead husband who was also abusive emotionally oh. and once physically that we see. So like very traumatizing messaging, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. So I do, you know, caution before going in about that. But the acting alone is phenomenal. It's great acting from everybody. I enjoyed the story. It's very kind of slow burn building, which is very nice. Uh, the only problem is, and where I have to caution people, is that there is a specific image at the very end. I won't spoil what it is, 
But there is a specific image that ties so heavily into what the message of the movie is. So it's like you have to see it to understand it. They do that image. They repeat it four times in a row. You you, you see this happen. You, you see this action play out on screen over and over and over again. And there was a clear moment where me and everyone in the audience was like, I'm done with this. You know, they're really? like you could just feel all of us turn off. We were all disgusted, which is good. That is the message. That's what the movie was trying to do. But it kind of overdid it because and, and at the same time did it just the right amount because it stuck with me so for fucking ever. Like yeah. I still can't get it out of my head. <laughs> but it is disturbing. It's great. It's a good message. It really is. I do highly recommend this film, but just know that it might really sicken you at the end and in a good way. But at the same time, in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, I feel I like know. maybe go in with a trigger warning. <clears throat> yeah, for real. But that is my green ketchup. Those were the two films I've seen. So I wanted recently. to say about your stars there. Kinnear was is actually our flag means death as well. The Taika Waititi ah. pirate, pirate project thing. I forget nice. who the director is of that, but whatever. I think it might be Taika. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That uh, dude does everything. He does do everything. The other thing is, wasn't there something that we watched Jesse Buckley in that we just talked about? Uh, the Lost Daughter, I believe, with Olivia Coleman. Oh my god, that was I believe that was her. Yeah, she was, yes. Uh, she was the that. young uh, uh, version of Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Which, good casting. Right, right, who slept with Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal's dad. Uh, Man, that was actually quite some Peter time Sarsgaard. ago. Man. I felt like yeah. we just talked about her. Well, <laughs> did we watch Judy too? She was Judy? in Judy. Did we watch that? Yeah, we did watch Judy. Uh, was she the right, Judy Garland? Yes, yes. Was she the redheaded? She was Rosalind Wilder. Yep. Yep. I don't remember. Yeah, she was really I, I good in this that. movie that much. I remember t- saying very good things about her. When we talked about that, and I also recall having this exact yeah, so like, same conversation about Judy when we did uh, Lost Daughter. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, are we those people? <laughs> We're those people. Uh, anyways, Shit. you're you're pretty amazing, uh, and I'm sorry that it didn't that I had to bring it out this way. Yeah. I'm gonna put, take my foot out of my mouth now. And See, for a second there, I thought you were talking about me. I thought you were just saying that I was pretty amazing. I was like, oh, you are pretty amazing, you. greedy. But I was talking oh, about Buckley. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, she's she's great in this too. She does. Uh, uh, um, they use they use her voice. She has an echo part. If you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, but like, she's yeah. in a tunnel and she makes like a sound and it echoes. And she does it again. She ends up making like a little song using the echoes, and and they use that to like a horror advantage for the soundtrack, and nice. it's really fucking cool. I love that. That was really awesome. But yeah, that is my green ketchup. One recommend, one do not recommend, uh, unless you want to have a hilarious laughing time, because there is some uh, some very funny, <laughs> not meant to be funny moments in Firestarter. Oh, so, or if you just want to see Zac Efron. Well, let's talk about a good Stephen King movie. Yeah, let's. Let us. <laughs> as well as a director famous for making Stephen King movies. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. 
<laughs> yeah, Frank Darabont. He did. Uh, he did the Green Mile and uh, Mist. He might have made others, but oh, I, those okay. are the two I know. Oh well. Yeah, um, the Green Mile is pretty fucking. I good actually too. have not seen so. it. I really. It, you <gasps> know, maybe we should have put both of these up to to each other as spiritual sequels, but. See, yeah, we kind of did this to watch to holes because, because we want to watch because somebody brought up holes you, and how it holds yeah. up. Uh, it wasn't just me though; it was our our friends, our dearly no. beloved friends. They they brought it up to me, and they're like, "Man, that was a, it was one of them's first time," and they yeah. uh, was like, "That was a surprisingly deep movie." And I was like, "Man, it's been years since I watched that." So <laughs> yes, that's why it, it is. Yeah, I won't. I won't dog on holes. We'll we'll talk that after we talk Shawshank because it's like it is a it is a a good movie and it covers a lot. Uh, but it was just it was weird to me because you were like, oh, we could do holes with Shawshank, and I was like, what? <laughs> There's not really much of a like because all I was thinking was Prison Breakout, and I was like, I think Shawshank would work better with like Prison or Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood or right. or a Green Mile with you know another Frank Darabont, and you're like, but they're all about digging holes, and I was like. Oh, I get where you're at. I like that. <laughs> I forgot that's what I said. But they uh, are surprisingly absolutely the same movie. <laughs> yeah, it was I was actually kind of shocked when I was watching it. But uh, let's, let's talk let's talk Yeah, they really were. It's it's so funny. But let's talk Shawshank. Shawshank. I'm very excited. I love Shawshank the Redemption. Shawshank uh it's based of of course it's uh as we mentioned, it's a Stephen King adaptation. His no- his novella is uh, like a ninety page short story kind of thing. Um, his novella is called Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption uh, oh. because that's the poster. Yeah, that actually makes a it's lot a, more sense than the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, literally, like I think you can read his novella in the exact same amount of time as it takes you to watch the movie. Mm. And well, yeah, you know, if you're if you're a quick reader, that is. Um, but if if that is the case, I would recommend just watching the movie because I I think this is one of the situations where the the movie is better. His his novella is great. Don't get me wrong, but well, the one time I read it, I remember it being great. I have not read it since I was a kid, so maybe it sucks. <laughs> but the the movie is phenomenal, especially because it's acted by Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne and Morgan Freeman as Red. I don't remember what his his name is. Uh, Ellis Boyd Redding. Redding. Yeah. Yes. Ellis Boyd Redding. Everybody just calls him Red. And and, and Andy Dufresne uh, is innocent. He is convicted of murdering his wife and his wife's lover. Uh, She was, as they say a lot in this movie, fucking a golf pro. And, (laughs) like, (laughs) they're very hardcore about that. You know, there's only, uh, I think there's only one female rule, right? There might be two. Uh, that's a good question, and just, you know, the, it doesn't upset me because it's based in a prison. Yes, uh, yeah, but I won't, I won't knock it for that. Man, you know, uh, now that you say, I don't remember who this. I think it is just his is. wife. Maybe somebody at the grocery store when they're bagging things, but right. like, I don't think there's another female role except for his wife, who is just is in one sex scene and then teller? she gets shot. Played by <laughs> oh. There you go. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It's like I won't I won't knock it. It is about uh you know prison life, and that is a you know a a, sp- a very big aspect of this story is you know how men kind of 
churn to whatever they can to get them excited. Yeah. And for Andy Dufresne, he makes it a big poster in his in his uh, yes jail cell of starting with Rita Hayworth, that's right. developing into Raquel Welch, somebody else in between, Marilyn Monroe, I think. Uh, yeah, uh maybe. I think I remember like the skirt uh photo on there. I can't remember. But it, it's a long movie. <laughs> it is a long movie. But but Andy is he, he's he's innocent. He did not kill his wife. Uh spoilers yeah. if you really just don't want to know anything going in. They, but you know, he Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess they don't say that at the <laughs> beginning. But I feel like it yeah, they, it feels kind of obvious, but of course I've seen the movie about a bazillion times. Yeah, and it's and it's, but but that's what happens. Tim Robbins goes to court. He's unable to defend himself, basically, or his lawyer sucks too. His lawyer fucked him, as they also say in this movie yeah, a lot. Yeah, and he gets sentenced to two life sentences back to back for each person that he killed. <laughs> and he gets yeah, good shit to Shawshank, and yeah. uh, Shawshank's rough. It's a secluded prison. It's I assume it's out in Maine somewhere. Yeah, it is. <laughs> every Stephen it's King story is in Maine. Because he, he, uh, I believe their parole was in Maine, and usually it's pretty close to the the prison. Yeah. Or they, if you got family, uh, and you're being held in a different state, I think they let you go be with your mm. family. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they don't. <laughs> I've never no, had to I'm, go I'm to prison. Almost positive. Uh, I've been fortunate. Almost positive that it's it's Maine. It's a Stephen King story. It's Maine. All in yeah, Maine. It's, it's Maine Stephen or Colorado. King. It's Maine. Yeah, you're right. And one in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but there he is under the uh, the uh, the tortures, basically the torments of you know the warden, played by Bob Gunton, Samuel Norton. Uh, yeah. Uh, very very well portrayed by Bob Gunton. Uh, I feel like I he's Lord in everything. He, I feel like he's in a lot of things, but I can't I can't remember what yeah, he's in. He's in a lot of things. You're right, but yeah, I just <laughs> I just can't remember. At I all. don't know either. Like it, it, every time uh, I see his yeah, every time I see his face, I'm just like, you look so freaking familiar, but I can't place you. Uh, but uh, one of the one of the captains in, under uh, the warden, uh, Daredevil, I guess. Oh right, yeah, he was Owsley. That's right. <laughs> but no, uh, he's also under the torments of one of the prison cabinet, uh, the prison guard captains, uh, Byron Hadley, played by Clancy Brown, who is also in everything, and I can never remember. We just talked about him recently. Clancy um, Brown does sound very familiar. Oh yeah, well, yes. he's in one. He's like he's always like a sergeant or some kind of military person typically unless he's being used specifically for his voice um but right. yeah he's in everything you guys know who who this person is you just don't know you know yeah if you look in if, yeah yeah you look him up you just be like oh right right oh, yeah that's guy. him i remember him yes 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 i do and i think he was in a tv show is what i'm trying to Fine. Yeah, he was in The Flash. CW's The Flash. He was a general in there. Oh, what what was he in that? He was also in Daredevil. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah he, and in The Mandalorian. He was in The Mandalorian. And The Crown. Look at that. He plays Lyndon B. Johnson in The Crown. That's right. He was Lyndon B. Johnson in The Crown. You know what? I'm, he was in Lost. 
That was that, it. He was. I found he? it. Yep. He, he was, was in two episodes of Lost. We didn't Jesus. talk about him on that episode, but right, sure. He was yeah. in two episodes. Well, he's yeah, in he's everything. He's got the longest freaking resume ever, and he's also got the longest nightstick. He that does. He uses to beat he's people. A, he and li- literally kills a prisoner on day one. <laughs> on, on Andy's first day, and this fellow prisoner. Uh, so they play this game with the fresh meat um, called fishing, yes. and they take bets on who's going to break down and cry on the first day. Uh, someone always does. And, uh, dude, I what was it <sighs> Boggs. Was it, is it, oh boy. No, Bo- Boggs is, uh, I think he's the head of the sisters, right? Oh, you're right. He is the head of the sisters. Is it Haywood? I think it's Haywood. Dude. Yes. William Sadler. Two things happened that day. William Sadler bets on this, the man that unfortunately gets beaten because he won't shut up. Yeah. yeah so it's pretty he's rough. crying too hard. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's the awakening. It's like coming to the prison and seeing what it's gonna happen, what the world's like, and it's a uh, it's a shock to Tim Robbins, to Andy Dufresne, right? Because you know, he, again, he's innocent. He's like, well, what the fuck do I do? I'm like, this isn't supposed to be my life. My whole, you know, I was a bank teller, and you know, he over time eventually learns to use that to his advantage. Well, uh, before um, we continue, I would like to say that night very telling part of Andy is that he doesn't break down that first night at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, in yeah. fact, caught, costs Red two packs of cigarettes because he bet that he would. Yeah, which I never, which there's like an immediate, uh, I assume it's immediate error. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just not thinking about it. But yeah, he says that night he cost me two packs of cigarettes. And in the very next scene, Haywood comes up to the table. He's like, fork them over, boys. Give me all the cigs. And like, Red just puts down three cigarettes. And I'm just like, how much is a pack in prison? Because he didn't put down two packs of cigarettes. Yeah. Like, he literally just took out like oh, a couple cigarettes. Oh. Haywood lines them up and he's just got six in front of him. He might have, maybe he would have earned two packs of cigarettes. If, if oh, Andy maybe. Cried. That makes sense. I get ya. He wanted Andy to cry. Yeah, Andy is a withdrawn man. He he knows that salvation lies within, as he has told many times, and he uh, that's that's kind of what he does. He gets uh, raped by we've mentioned the sisters, Boggs and the yeah. sisters. That's like one of the first uh, trials that he faces, and you know he he fights back, but you know he he loses the good fight sometimes, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's 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 hard to watch. It is it is upsetting. Uh, there is catharsis of sorts for uh you know for Andy, but at the same time it's it's not pleasant, not good you know, it's not uh good to watch, you know, it's like still is it's just rough. Like it's some it's some traumatizing shit is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It really <laughs> is. Excuse me. This movie was on all the time on T V channels when we were growing up. Right. So it was very for- yeah, informative or formative of my youth, whatever. And I like was like, man, I guess life can be just total dog shit. And I think it prepped yeah. me for life a little bit. Guess I'm just happy I'm not in prison. Yeah. I guess I won't yeah. do bad no, shit it's... or get caught. 
Right. It's definitely one of those movies where you, you, uh, you know, you do feel for those who are at like rock bottom because that's yeah. pretty much what's going on with Andy and, and a lot of the other prisoners. And then, I mean, it also touches on institutional institutionalization, you know, where you, where you've been in prison right. for so long that once you're, you're freed, once you're released into society, that's, you're, you're not rehabilitated. You're not prepped to reenter. Right. You know, you've just been punished. You haven't been self, like saved or anything. You've right. just been, you know, doing nothing. You're supposed to build character. You know, that's a big thing in holes, not so much in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Like, you, right. you don't really. There's nothing <laughs> there to, to help when you they reenter society. go through the parole system for, like, for yeah. Red, the, every time we go to see the parole office, it's through Red. He's, you know, yeah. <clears throat> he's been in prison for what? 40 years or something like that. Uh, I think, well, yeah, I think it end. was like yeah. 20, but it was 40 at the end because uh, yeah. Andy was there for 19 years. Uh, sorry to get into some spoily right. math there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd already been there for 20, I think, when when he came. And uh, Yeah, I think so. Every time he goes to the parole office... He, you know, just he tells them what he thinks they want to hear. Like, yes, I've been re- rehabilitated. I don't want to be here anymore. I, right. I, I want to go out and rejoin society. Uh, and I, I like what the movie is trying to say at the end of the story with that storyline. But I also never right. quite understood exactly yeah, <laughs> the things. Yeah, why? Be, I'll I'll go ahead and spoil it. He gets approved at the end, and yeah, it's, after like giving them a piece of his mind. Yeah, yeah, he's like, like you know what? You guys aren't gonna let me out. So why does it matter? Just let me rot in this hole. Just leave me alone. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then they let him go. Goddamn young kids. It's like, okay, yeah. so what are you trying yeah, to say? It's ridiculous. I don't get yeah, it. The, the ending, honestly, is where this whole movie falls apart for me. Um, as much as I enjoyed the ending, because like it, it for me, the movie ends once the warden shoots himself. Sorry, big spoilers. Oh, that's um, a big spoiler. But like, th- this movie's been out since 1994. If you if haven't you seen it, yeah. I really hope you you've seen it before. But like, it, it's you know that is the story. It's it's been done before. It's not the first prison breakout film. Yeah. Like that's you know that is the thing is Andy Andy starts trying to break out of prison at the same time he he's like building he's building up this whole kind of like vengeance art kind of thing like I don't want to give everything away right. but like it's it's a really amazing third act when it all comes to fruition when you see it all right. play out it's so fucking satisfying it's really great and then you know I, as I said there is a scene where the mayor shoots himself. And then the movie goes on for like 15 more minutes yes, because it it's got to wrap everything up. Yeah, because this story is actually being told from Red's perspective. Right. I feel like the writer felt that it needed to come to a natural conclusion for yeah. Red. And honestly, I I kind of disagree. I, I like that ending action with Red, but I think I've liked it more the more times I've watched it. It's grown on me. Yeah. Like I want so for, his ending to come and for him to find it. Right. My problem with it is so the, the whole thing is reliant upon facts that Andy told him 
Right. And then, like, five years after Andy told him those facts, facts which were true 20 years ago, but in America, where things are constantly being built, make little sense. Like, he tells him specifically, like, go to this tree, go to this town, drive so far out Uh here, walk down a pathway until you see this thing, and you'll keep going down this other pathway until you see a giant tree. And under that giant tree, there's going to be a volcanic rock, and you're going to find that volcanic rock, and underneath that, I'm going to leave you something. There's going to be a gift there, so go do that. Uh, That's true. How do you fucking know, in 20 years, how has none of that changed? I'm sorry, weather could have pushed that rock the fuck away. <laughs> Somebody could have come by and just been like, this is a neat rock. Picked it up, taken it home. That's like, true. There's so but, much coincidence. And then, two, he doesn't even tell him the fucking name of the city in his letter. Yeah, He's just like, yeah. you remember that city I told you about one time? And he was just like, Zuatneo. Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm it, like yeah, a, that one I was like, how did yeah. he fucking remember that? <laughs> yeah. There is a Family Guy episode about it that is like so fucking perfect because it makes a it makes all these jokes and like I honestly love that Family Guy episode. It's really great because it brings up a lot of like the weird like plot conveniences that this movie has because it has a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's it's still a very enjoyable movie despite those conveniences. But like my favorite one is <laughs> Morgan Freeman goes out to the that rock and he picks up he reads that letter. He's like, "You remember the name of that city I told you?" And he's like, "Oh." Fuck! <laughs> Are you kidding me, Andy? <laughs> you mentioned it once. Like I don't remember that name. Someone yeah. tells it to me once yeah, in you passing. Mentioned it to me once. I didn't know how he even spelled that. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, fucking ridiculous. That's hilarious. But, but at the same time, with, it, it is wonderful. I don't hate with, that final fifteen minutes. I'm just annoyed right. by it because okay, it's very I convenient. Get I get what you're saying. It is very convenient. But about the tree and the rock thing. So Andy tells him that, and then he goes and makes sure that it's still there. You know, if it's not, he was making a gamble, but he goes and makes sure it's still there because he's given that that thing. And if the rock wasn't there, he could replace the rock. He's a resourceful man, as we see throughout the course of the movie. But then it still has to last like three to five years. Yeah. But he, mm. between physics yeah. and yeah, he has no idea red's eventual whatever yeah. Uh. yeah because he could have gone out there done all of that red stays in there for another decade he gets out and now there's a walmart there like <laughs> you know i think that's another of the family guy jokes like oh, it's just it's, there's so much assumptions being made at the end i like it better i think i don't think the stephen king book ends with them seeing each other again it ends with him saying i'm gonna go try to find andy basically like i'm gonna go see if i can find that city again see if he's out there like i like that more i like them not meeting each other i like it just being like a a cliffhanger kind of like well i hope they do you can fill it in right like it makes all that coincidence fall away because now it's you making the coincidence happen so it's like and that's fine Hmm. 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 i don't know I still do love this movie. I guess to go into uh, yeah. closing statements, I, I've watched this movie a lot. I love it so much. The beats are great. The acting is phenomenal, specifically uh, from Morgan Freeman. Like and Andy is uh, Tim Robbins as Andy yeah. is phenomenal too. He, he's a little crazy eyed a lot. There's there's a lot of moments where he's just like very bug eyed, just like I'm well, going. I feel nuts. like it like, really <laughs> just works for Andy Dufresne. Like I I have yeah. never actually watched Tim Robbins. I'm sorry, Tim Robbins. I've never actually oh, seen see him Boulder. in a role and not thought 
Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I mean, that's all that happened. It's in my head. Bull Durham. I feel like Bull Durham. I don't. I don't think Andy Dufresne. I think. Uh, well, that that guy know, was in the head. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever yeah. they call him. I think they just call no, him Andy. Me. Andy, one hundred percent. Yeah, Andy, one hundred percent. I think that's Porky's. <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> Maybe uh, Bull Durham too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Andy Dufresne definitely needs a therapist, like 100%. That dude is too withdrawn, <laughs> even though it's a great character trait. It, he has, you know, he has a lot of trauma he needs to talk out. And and that's one good thing. He got Morgan Freeman at the end. They can just live out their happy bromance out in Zuwatanejo. Yes. And like, yes. you know, that could be his therapy. Oh, also. But I, I give this movie three and a half stars. It's good, it's deserving of four, but I've watched it so many times that it has, it has fallen away to three and a half. Um, but like I, I fucking love it it's so good it's a fucking good movie i think i want to give it a face and a half there it is folks a face and a half i really like this movie i, I mean I, otherwise i i would <laughs> otherwise fireworks I for your rating continue to watch it like it's literally oh look shawshank redemption's on and it just sits there, you know, like I right. don't, I won't turn the channel unless the commercials come and then I'll be like, okay, what else is on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've seen this before. I can move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's phenomenal. It is a good movie. It is. I did want to say that Red is the man who knows how to get things. I don't think we really expressed that. That is the or, or original uh, relationship between him and Andy is like, Red is the guy to go to if you want stuff, and I won't mention what he asked for because you gotta leave something for you to go watch and see. Go watch the movie if you haven't right. seen it. You under the rock, yeah, freaking real. Sorry, I spoiled some things. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we should, right before we move on, just mention uh, the performance of James Whitmore as Brooks Hatlin. Uh, that's a pretty good add oh, to yeah, the story, yeah. too. And we'll just leave his story for yeah. you guys. But uh, we talked about the inst- institutionalization, and his storyline has a lot to yeah. do with that. It bothers me that he releases his bird. Yeah. Poor Jake. Yeah. I wish they'd found each other again. He could. They could have helped each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. He wasn't supposed to have the bird. Before we move on to our other feature, Holes, uh, let us say that if you like what you're listening to today, you can go down to patreon.com slash green and faceless and check out our tiers. Help us out uh, monetarily if you so desire. We'll always do this for free, though. Uh, We just love and appreciate you Patreons out there. Yes, please. uh, Please, though, if you can support the show, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I mean, uh, we'd love if we could do... You know, I feel like two episodes a week is 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 honestly pretty admirable. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but I, I mean, just I imagine, can't imagine if, us if doing we had more, but maybe different shows. I could see us. Yeah, doing for real. If if we had more time to work on it, and yeah, if we had more patrons, if we had a lot, like if we were able to like go part time on our jobs and like focus mm-hmm. more on this, just imagine there could be a Doctor Who podcast. Where I talk about each specific serial of classic Who, and I go into detail about everything. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be so much fun? 
That'd be great, uh, guys. Yeah. And gals. And potatoes. Oh, Patreon.com slash green and faceless. Make my dream happen. <laughs> if you uh, want to hear um, the, the Doctor Who campaign compendium on <laughs> Doctor Who's companions then go on down to <laughs> patreon.com slash green and faceless uh but also if you want to just support us you can do that as well thank you <clears throat> yeah 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 i won't waste all your money on a doctor who podcast <laughs> just half a little it. bit just half of it let's take a soda pop break indeed i gotta dig them holes gotta <laughs> I don't know if that's dear, how it goes, dear, dear. but I, it, it's it. I, I remember listening if to that only, song quite a bit. If only the woodpecker sighs, there's something and something and something that dies. It sounds like there's someone knocking on my house. Your ass on your ass on my house on your house. On my house. Yeah. On I wonder house. if it can be heard on the microphone, but whatever. Um, welcome back. Yay. Um, this is a, a musical about how to dig the best <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> it stars Shia LaBeouf. Featuring so many tracks from Kids Bop. Yes, and a lot of kids from Kids Bop, uh, including um, Cleo Thomas Jake M. Smith, Byron Cotton, I'm sure they were all in uh, Kids Bop, I'm 100% sure, uh, as well oh, as sure, Brendan sure. Jefferson. Uh, the <laughs> Okay, let me go back through that. <laughs> Cleo Thomas plays uh, Zero. They All these kids have their own nicknames. Uh, J.M. Smith, Squid, Byron Cotton, Armpit. Jefferson, uh, excuse me, Brendan Jefferson is X-Ray, Miguel Castro is Magnet, and Max Cash is Zigzag. Uh, they, that's our, our main crew from uh, Green Lake Camp. Isn't that Camp Green Lake? That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, Camp Green Lake, yeah. Our star, Charlotte. Not to be confused with Camp Crystal Lake. That's right. Not to be confused with Camp yeah. Crystal Lake. <laughs> Where all the bad things happen, uh, right? And uh, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, it is uh, his uh, debut. It's his. It's his. This is his first film. Yeah, uh, his. Yeah, he film. was on Even Stevens. He was uh, already yeah. a star. Um, in, in yeah, tra- this is children's big film eyes debut. Anyways. My parents thought that one was funny too, and he was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, he was it. super strange, like just the strangest <laughs> character. Um, I don't even remember what his character's name was, his first name. I remember his sister's name was Ren. That's... Yeah, I don't remember. I never watched it. I think I watched like Beans. two episodes and was like, Haha. And then Beans exists. Yeah. Secret Review of Even Stevens. Uh, so, Stanley Yelnats, uh, spelt the same front ways and backwards. It's a palindrome! Yeah, he's also the fourth... In the line of Stanley Elnatz's. Mm. And, uh, well, because with a name like that, you gotta keep it going. Yes, of course. I mean, you got to. Anyhow, this family, not starting with the first Stanley, 
starting with um shit what the fuck was the kids the, their uh ancestor's name it was uh elia that's not how you say it though but he is their their descendant that uh migrated from the old country to america um but elia yelnats was uh, no good pig stealing such and such. I don't remember how it goes. Dirty, rotten, great-great-grandfather. Yes, dirty, rotten, great-great-grandfather. Portrayed by uh, Damon Luvara uh, in the, the flashback story that they show about that. But basically, uh, yeah, he got cursed because a fortune teller named uh, Madame, Zeroni, uh, Madame Zeroni surprisingly... Uh, cameoed by I say cameo because she's just hardly used, but it's Eartha yeah. King. Is that right? I had it Kit. here just a second ago. Kit. Eartha Kit. She's she's cool. Uh, you, you'd recognize people our age will recognize her voice for many things, including Disney movies. Like um, uh, she was uh, Isma in uh, uh, The Emperor's New Groove. And she also yeah. was Catwoman. Uh, she was a later uh, Catwoman in the Adam West show. And we're doing our Batman series. Yeah. She's not going to be the Catman in the uh, Catwoman in the upcoming movie that we're going to watch for next week. Yeah, but. But I do remember her shit in the show because it, it was a lot of fun. Anyhow, that's what she first got really famous for. I think she was also a comedian and a singer. If I'm not mistaken. Unfortunately, she passed away in 2008. And I do love her as Madame Zeroni. There's a lot of fun. But yes, she she curses the, the Yelnats yes. family because uh, Elia is is longing for a uh, woman in his uh, village. I don't remember her name. But he's he wants her real bad. And the, all he has to offer the father as a dowry is his heart full of loving and mm. longness. And then the the father's like, yeah, but the neighbors, you know, he's going to give me his biggest pig. So I'm going to take yeah. the pig over your freaking heart. And so Elia's like, nah, bro, no, that's not good. So he goes out and he gets a pig. And based off of Madame Zeroni's advice, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, she tells him, you have to carry the pig up the mountain every day so it can drink at the water. And then uh, once this is all done, you have to carry me up the mountain. And, he, you know. So I he, can get uh, strong. Exactly. That's right. But he he fucks up because uh you know he brings the pig to to get the blessing to earn the daughter of that that the love the the woman he's longing for and finds out that she's just ditzy as fuck. Yeah. And he's just like, "Oh. She's <laughs> like she's making a competition based off of the pigs." And yeah, and he's <laughs> like I like put my blood sweat and tears of this because i thought i loved you you can keep the pig yeah and he leaves <laughs> without taking madame zeroni up the mountain he forgets he, he leaves he goes to america based off of her advice because her son went there and he's like i want to do that too like she said the only problem is he didn't carry up the mountain and so the family is fucking cursed that is right the family bad is luck cursed. man Bad, bad luck. So they've always been failures at whatever they tried. 
uh, one exception, but then again, he got ruined because he was robbed. Uh, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I believe that was Stanley Elnass the first, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And uh, Henry Winkler plays Stanley Yelnats the the third, and he's an inventor, right. and he's trying to come up with something that gets rid of foot stink. And so their house is just terrible, and the landlord always, uh, played by Shelley Molly, uh, always complains. And uh, the Stanley's mother can also not stand it. She she's played by. Sabhan Fallon Hogan. I'm sorry if I said your name correctly. She she's you know they're good parents, uh, if a little distracted because everything's going wrong all the time, and uh, Stanley right. gets caught stealing shoes. But he's innocent. We know that one from the start. We too, do know he's you innocent. See, you You're see right. the shell, the shoes literally. Fall on they, him. And they fall the from the sky. They're from legendary athlete Clyde Sweet yeah. Feet Livingston, played by Rick Fox. Um, yeah, <laughs> Sweet Feet. And, oh my gosh! Uh, they go to court. Everybody's gonna have a nickname. They throw the book at him. They say you could either go to prison, which he's a kid. You could either go to prison. Yeah, that, that's so fucking funny to me. Yeah. Jesus. It's so funny. I mean, the, like, there you are stole people a pair of shoes. Who, I know they're like, but they're like they're shoes that were going to charity. Uh, that that's yeah. why the the morale uh, side of it is so high. Uh, right. It's just it's it's really still stupid. It's yes, just like it's go stupid. to jail for like a year and a half, or go to a camp for a year and a half where you're on yeah. dig holes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and, I'll take the camp. I've never I'll go, been to camp. I'll go, but they don't say anything about the co- ho- ho- the holes. It's just called Camp Green Lake. So he's like, "Yeah, right. of course, I've never been to camp before." And uh, yeah. then he goes. It's he's basically in prison except for he is digging holes in the desert with rationed water. Um. Yeah. And I, dangerous yellow spotted lizards. Yes, <laughs> they're just spotted lizards. <laughs> which are are pretty common actually uh and <laughs> yeah and they're cgi'd throughout the entire movie unless they're yeah. like in a like a shot where they're just calm and react you know right. inactive yeah like yeah literally every time they move it's just cgi and i'm just like oh my god could you not have gotten one action shot with these creatures <laughs> like it, it probably wouldn't have been that hard to get like just keep a camera on them for a while i'm sure you'll get one of them running at the camera soon <laughs> yeah right like, it. it's like okay you don't we have, don't have time for this it. nature documentary bullshit we're gonna computer animate it which probably took just as long and cost twice as much oh my god yeah yeah and it looks stupid after that in our in our day and age it looks stupid back then i bet it looked fine back then we were like oh cool yeah but no it's it's no. not good now but I do love I do love the movie opens up with a rattlesnake bite. It's like the the kids are out in the desert digging the holes and then Barf Bag, Barf who is Bag. uh who, the person who uh caveman uh, Stanley Yelnats uh replaces right. um Barf Bag just like he's done with it, man. He gets up out of his hole, he walks over to a rattlesnake and just 
<laughs> lets himself get bitten. Yeah. That opening shot is so fucking funny because it's just like it's it's this movie does a lot of like clip clip shots. I don't know what to call them, but it's just like they're not a long running shot. It's just more like you know the the frame rate drops like crazy. You yeah. know, it's it's one of those those kind of shots, and and then they do like fades to the next scene. And it's 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 hilarious because it's just like it's him getting bit by the snake, and then he's just like, ah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> just it's like so dramatic, so serious. Um, Barf bag was played so by funny. Zane Holtz, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Good job, Zane. You you you're twenty you did seconds your of one fame. scene very well. Yeah, he apparently was in ah! a movie just a couple years ago. So he's working. Nice. Still active. Uh, Still yeah. doing it. Live the dream, my man. <laughs> Indeed. So, you know, the the thing is, this whole camp was set up so that one specific, very famous actor could live their dream. Yes. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. plays, oh shit, who the fuck does she actually play? Is she not almost uh, castless? What the fuck? Warden, Warden Louise Walker. Louise Walker. Warden Walker. Um, what was the warden's name in the other one? Norton. Warden Norton. Warden Norton. Norton like warden yeah. Walker. Um, strong so, names. Strong names, and she uh runs the camp from a distance, and. Th- Unbeknownst to the rest of the diggers and, uh, uh, well, I guess the two other camp counselors or whatever, Mr. Sir and Dr. Pendansky, played by John Voigt <laughs> and Tim Blake Nelson. John Voigt's involvement <laughs> in this movie, it's like, it's so funny. Like, it's John Voigt, but he's doing like a hick. <laughs> yeah and it's he's good at it but at the same time he's like not good at it it's yeah. so funny it's like, kind of campy i like it it's fun yeah. and like he's i'm not sure if he's like supposed to be drunk in scenes because like they never show alcohol the no. only thing he you know he chews gum and uh uh what well, does he chew gum no it's, it's sunflower, gum. sunflower seeds because he's trying to stop smoking. yeah yeah exactly he gave up the smoke and he drinks coke and that's about it. But there's one scene in particular where he's wandering around at night, crazy eyed, and like shooting at all the lizards. That you yeah. know, and it's just like that scene with John Voight is so off-puttingly funny. Like he is going way too ham in that scene. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also uh, I love that Doctor Pedansky. His nickname is Mom. Yes, the kids nicknamed him Mom. Yes. Because he, he's the only one who pretends to care, and then he really just doesn't. And he really dogs and he's in everything on Zero, too. Kilo Thompson's character. Thomas. Kilo Thomas's character. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Uh, but Zero, until Stanley comes along, doesn't even talk to the rest of the camp yeah. members. Uh, but he's very he's their best hole digger. You can do it super fast um yeah he just constantly gets shat on by pendansky who's the only person there who is supposed to pretend to care about these kids and 
Yeah. He just Yeah, he's their counselor of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And he he does always say something semi encouraging, but there's always this like under this cutting undertone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty great. Right. Honestly, it's I like, like the this problem is you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the problem. Yeah. I mean he's He's in everything too, Tim Blake Nelson. Like oh, yeah, he's yeah. in a lot of, I'm gonna say a lot of Coen Brother movies, but maybe he's not in a lot. Maybe he's just in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But uh, I'm pretty know, sure he's, he's, he uh, was in Brother Wear Out. Though maybe that was a different guy. Nope, he's in Brother Wear Out. See, that's what I was. I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I was thinking that too, but I was just like I didn't want to. I don't want to. He's stamp, also in stamp one of the Hulk movies, apparently. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I don't remember which nice. one that was. Oh, he's was. in Scooby Doo too. We're gonna uh, spoilers. We're gonna talk Scooby Doo later on, but he's in Scooby Doo too. <laughs> we got to talk about the 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 third storyline, uh, the background, uh, the the other background yes. storyline, uh, not background flashback. The one with the line. dude from Psych. Yes. So we got kissing Kate Barlow, and yeah, the dude from Psych. <laughs> Kissing Kate Barlow, though, <laughs> is played by Patricia Arquette. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I did not. Not until... Uh, it took me, like, halfway... It took until she became Kissing Kate Barlow. Right, when she was me the, too. the school teacher, I didn't recognize her. When she was Kissing Kate Barlow, I was like, wait a second, I know who that is. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and, and Guy from Psych is rude. It's Dulé Hill. He's an amazing actor. I yes, love Dulé Hill. he plays Sam. Onion Sam. Uh, you will Onion recognize him from the internet if you have not actually seen this movie. Uh, right. I can fix that. I can fix that. But he is great. I fucking love Sam. And, you know, he keeps on. Yeah, Sam so he's me. he's got his onions and he trades them for Miss Barlow's spiced peaches. And it's this cute little exchange in oh, yeah. it. <laughs> no metaphor there. Spiced peaches. Here, baby, take my onions. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you like my stench? <laughs> this is a beautiful story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a romance, you fucks. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, yeah, this romance blooms between them. Uh, but the town gets wind of that, and because Sam is black, and she is a white school teacher. They freak the fuck out, burn down her schoolhouse, yeah. and much, much worse. As we all know, what happens uh, in that era in America. So it's really sad. And then she breaks bad, and she becomes uh, a famous outlaw. Yeah, they give her reason to go crazy. And somehow the kids are able to put all of this together with basically no information, even though the audience are the ones seeing all the flashbacks. Right. The kids see, like, bits and pieces of things and are able to, well, like, Stanley Elnats is able to piece together this puzzle through, like, three shots. That's it. But it's not just the three yeah, shots, very, though. It's because but there's, like, of, a heavily coincidental reason. Yes. It's that maybe. But like he says later... It feels like destiny, and I feel like right. I, it's very I love how this movie's set up. I absolutely love yeah. how it's set up. I, I I enjoy the storytelling aspects. It is a very wonderful. If you've never read the novel, uh, it's actually written by the same. Yeah, uh, the screenplay and the oh, novel really? are both written by uh, Louis Sakar. I might be pronouncing his name wrong. I'm so sorry. 
But like, it's very fascinating, especially for a very young adult. Like, I love the destiny feel of this as a young adult story. But at the same time, I would kind of like to see it as an as an. And there are many stories already that you know it's based off of a lot of tales. I mean, again, every plot beat is the same as Shawshank, which is also the not the you know it's not the first (laughs) prison escape film, right? But like, yeah, it's I I would just like to see it with more grounded coincidence. Because a lot of the stuff that happens in this are just way too, like, yes, you have to be in this exact specific position, have this exact specific thing happen so that you can carry a specific person up this okay, mountain. Okay, thus, okay, okay. You know, that breaking part, the curse. yes. Okay, the breaking the curse yeah. part, sure. But I thought you were talking about... So, I think I, I mentioned that Sigourney Weaver, her character is having them dig holes because she's, she's looking for kissing kate's treasure and that right and because she robbed every bank from here across all the the west to to such and such and that's what brings in that part of the story to our story but also this is something that stanley mentions that he's interested in this character kissing kate and that's what i'll say about it so i feel like the way that the story's told it makes sense Sure, there's some That's convenience fair. there, but I also am giving credit to to Louis Sakar because it, like you know, it w- it was set up throughout the story. It's not like it came out of left yeah. field. Yeah, that's that's totally true. I'm just like my convenience or my where I get annoyed by it because it's like Sigourney Weaver, what she's doing, what she's searching for, that all makes sense. It's really yeah. well established. You get it by the end. It's really great. But the fact that Stanley came there was a complete convenient, like That's coincidence. True. I mean, not convenient. That is true. He he could have gone again to prison or to any other fucking camp in the country that was near them. It just happened that that was the one that the judge was like, "I'm giving right. you these two options: this camp I just randomly heard about, or this place." Right. And it's just like the fact that. Uh, sorry for spoilers. Zero is important in regards to their curse. I will just say that. Yeah. And the fact that Zero is at that camp, at that exact spot, and the, also the fact that Zero is part of the reason Stanley's there in the first place. I won't go further into that. But, like, there's so much damn coincidence that it's like, I love it at the same time. Like, as a kid, I fucking love this book. I love this movie. As an adult, I'm like, this is all good. I just want it to be more grounded. I want it to be more... I don't know, like, realistic feeling. Yes, it could still be Destiny. That's totally fine. But I want there to be more gentle guidance into this this whole coincidence, if that makes sense. Sure. I don't know. So you don't like God's thumb. I'm just looking for shit. That's that's okay. <laughs> I like. I always liked God's thumb. I've wanted to see it someday. I, I hate God's thumb. real. <laughs> no, that's like... <laughs> No, I I would love to actually, yeah, that like that kind of a landmark would be cool, but like it it's very like Deus Ex Machina, yeah, in a way, and like a that's bit, my least right. favorite storytelling aspect. I can't stand that. Like Stephen King's The Stand is one of the most frustrating novels I've ever read because you get through eleven hundred pages, nine hundred of them is really good, and in the last hundred. God's hand comes down and ends the fucking story because Steven didn't know how to fucking end it. But God's hand literally comes down and ends it. It's a literal deus ex machina. And I'm, I can't. 
is like it's the most frustrating ending to something that I've like suffered so long through. I'm just like, oh, I love this book. I can't wait to see how it ends. That's it. That's fucking it. I was so mad. So mad. It's so, like it's like my least favorite storytelling element. Well, okay, I can appreciate that, but, but it doesn't ruin this film. It, it does, and also it is another thing that is mentioned earlier in the film. Like they, it's right. not once again. It's not literally out of el- left field. It's not literally God's no. hand coming in. No, no, um, it's not. So any mahu. Let's do closing statements on this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just fishing for shit, honestly. Like, I, I don't hate this movie, and I don't hate the coincidence aspect of it. I do greatly enjoy it. I do love the music. I think the music's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, John Voight's fucking funny. And, and yes. you know, Shia LaBeouf? Who doesn't like Shia LaBeouf? Actually, I, I, I kind of have my off and on moments with Shia yeah, LaBeouf. Sure. But this is an on yeah. moment. Yeah, he's he's good in this role. He's really funny. I mean, I also don't like the the kids aspect. Like, there's the kids fluctuate from being like making fun of him and hating him, and then being totally okay with him and being best friends, and then they're back to being pissed with him again. And right. it's like at the end, they're all best friends again. And I'm just like, it, it's so weird. Like, and then the yeah. new kid comes in when when Twitchy, whatever his name is, Twitch, when he uh, comes in, Noah Politic. And they just immediately love him. They're just like all over him. Just like, yeah, we love this guy. And I'm like, you gave like every other new kid shit for fucking ever. And then Twitch comes in. Nobody's going to give this kid shit. They're just like, yeah, we like Twitch. <laughs> He's one of us. And I'm just like, I mean, that's great. But at the same time, I'm like, go fuck yourself, kids. Like, y- y'all yeah. fucking mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> I give it I give it two and a half stars. I do enjoy it. I love the, the background story a lot. Like Kissing Kate Barlow and that whole stuff. That's that's a lot of fun. Um Dooley Hill, great actor. Love you in Psych. <laughs> like, yeah, I do definitely recommend I it. I honestly haven't seen that much of Psych, so I can't say. But Onion Sam is a great person. A great, great soul. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to, honestly, I just love this movie. And I thought that, you know, it was going to be all nostalgia. But it wasn't i it really holds up it's a good movie uh i i did you give it a star rating i gave it two and a half yeah two and a half okay well i give it a face and i'm very tempted to give it a face and a half and that might just be the nostalgia so i'm doing it i'm doing it it's got the 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 half a stamp i got a whole stamp and then a half i remember dragging my I remember dragging my parents out to the theaters to watch this. Like, I remember coming home and just, like, going giddy on that film. And, you know, mom and dad, like, I think they liked it enough that, that I just remember they were just like, yeah, that was a fun film. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. my God. Because I love the story. The story was great for yeah, a kid. Yeah, I've already that's, that's, read the that's book. That's the true Yeah, I, I've also read the book before yeah. I watched the movie as well. And yeah. I loved reading it. I think we read it in class. And I thought it was one of the best I books think so I've too. ever read at the time. Yeah, it's really good. I'm like, and, and again, I'm just fishing for shit because I I love Shawshank and I can't, you know, I'm going to choose Shawshank over this film in regards to uh, <laughs> whatever kind of niche genre. If, if, we're, if we're looking at it as which movie is about the best of hole digging, I would still give it to Shawshank because that's a <laughs> lot of fucking uh, determination. 
19 yes. years of digging with a tiny rock hammer. Oh. It's amazing. I thought we were going to get away without telling him. Oh, well, I mean, I already told him it was about digging holes. <laughs> we did say it was about digging holes. So, yeah. I... I think I have to agree with you. It's just, it, it's a classic movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Not to yeah. say that Holes isn't or won't be held up as a classic movie as we go on. You just, I, I feel like whatever era it is, you're going to go to Shawshank Redemption and, and get something good out of it. And uh, who yeah. knows, maybe as this Holes continues to age, it, it won't age so well. Lord knows that the music is is on the edge, I'll say. It's. I think it's far enough away that it's become retro and it's okay, but it's not retro actually because the '90s are retro at right now. I think maybe the '90s yeah. are vintage. Actually, I don't know how the fuck that works. Somebody tell us in the comments. I stay out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I we did the show. I guess that's fuck. it. That is it. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Thank you for listening. And I am the Faceless Leon. Yes, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we just let us ramble on, and we appreciate that from you. Thank you. Safe travels and good night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I just love the pause. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.